Hello, everybody listening at home, and welcome. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast, and today we are talking about what aspiring elders need to know, and hopefully a little bit of a, a special episode today because I'm joined not only by Mike, but also uh, some other guys. We've got some elders, that'd be Mike and Brian Bush, and I'm also joined by James, Randy, and Andrew, myself obviously here. So you've got a mix today of some elders, some aspiring elders, and like I said, topic for today is what aspiring elders need to know. So Mike, I'm going to throw it to you right now because I know you want to get us started with a passage, and then we're just going to launch into this. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start in 1 Timothy 3 and just read verses 1 through 7. Kind of let that settle in to begin. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not have, know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So this is not the only place in Scripture that elders are, are outlined, the role and the function, uh, but it is a, it's kind of the one that everyone goes to first, right? Wouldn't you guys say? 1 Timothy 3. We've also got Titus 1, we've got 1 Peter 5, we've got Acts chapter 20. Our good friend Alex Strock just put out a brand new book uh, this week, uh, Savage Wolves Are Coming, uh, on the Ephesian elders, the Paul's words to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. So there's a lot in the Bible about elders, and I think to start with, let's just start with this. If anyone aspires. So the idea of aspiring is that you want to do it, and you keep wanting to do it. So it's a continual aspiring, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's kind of what we want to tee it off with. It's, it's, an elder is someone who actually wants to be an elder. They don't, they're not forced to be an elder. Yeah, absolutely. So Kind of just running out of that, uh, we want to actually open it up right now for some questions. So this would probably be from mostly the aspiring elders toward the actual uh, the guys who have already served as elders. But guys, I'm opening up to you, James, Randy, Andrew, myself, just to throw some questions at these guys and maybe start a little bit of a conversation. So in terms of aspiring, would that also include an invitation from others that see potential in in a person as well? Yeah, I think that's a good question because a lot of times whether, I don't know how many people read through the Bible and say, I really want to be an elder because there's also warnings about not laying hands on anyone too quickly lest they fall into condemnation because they get puffed up, they get arrogant. And I have, I have known of men who have over-aspired to eldership and no one's asking them. So I think it does involve some sort, it's like, Paul saying to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, you know, entrust what I've given to you to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So I think there is an element of invite, it's a good word to use, where you get invited in to consider that. And I think there's probably a lot of elders that didn't necessarily think about it a lot, but once it was brought up to them, they seriously considered it and realized they do aspire. 
I kind of throw in also, what do you aspire to? And First Timothy 3 says, you aspire to a noble task. So if what you're aspiring to is a position uh, or a title, then that would be a, a caution. Uh, but if someone comes alongside and says, oh, I see in you uh, certain abilities, certain qualities that would enable you to do this task, that would be a good confirmation in what you aspire to. You aspire to do the work of an elder, not hold the title or position of elder. So my question to piggyback on you, Brian, is how would you guys describe most succinctly what is that work of an elder? I would, I would point us to 1 Peter 5 and what it explains, what it describes. I would point us to Titus 1. It's interesting, Titus 1 probably most succinctly in one verse gives us what, the, what an elder is to do. Uh, Titus 1.9. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. So he's not his own authority. He is under the authority of the word and has been taught the word and has received the word. So there's a teachable spirit. So that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. It's like Paul telling Timothy, teach other, you know, passes on to other men to so teach others. And also rebuke those who contradict it. So holding firm to the trustworthy word, give instruction in sound doctrine, rebuke those who contradict it. And that giving instruction is key because if you think about what, what Paul was saying to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, he was giving them a really strong word that they need to guard both themselves and the flock because the Holy Spirit had made them overseers and savage wolves were going to come in and try to pull people away to themselves. Here, follow me. I'm better than those guys. Here, follow me. I'm, I'm, I've, got better, I've got better stuff than them, you know. So I think that that role really, it, it's centered on the word. In Acts 6, where the apostles say, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. You guys have heard me say this a lot, uh, but it's the three Ps, prayer, preaching, and people. And that really does encompass the, the role of an elder. Mm -hmm. I mean, every Christian is involved with all three as well. What does that work look like? Like in the, in the practical day-to-day, life-on-life, in church, what are some of the things that the, the elders are, are doing um, as a role? Because it's, it's described more as a, a task, so that doing, that work. Like what are, what are some of those practical things where, where the elders are, are working into the congregation in that way? Okay, so if we're, if we're going to go there, I'm going to throw it right back to you and say you guys are all in the body of grace. What do you see our elders doing in the body? I want you to answer the, your own question. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I see, I see counseling. Uh, uh, the elders are, are there for people when they, they come and ask questions and, and to look, uh, you know, give biblical advice. How, how, how do I handle this situation biblically? I see many of the elders teaching Bible classes on Sunday and leading home groups and things like that. Praying for people, with people. So what's assumed there, obviously, because you got teaching, praying, and, and counseling really encompasses both. Really, you're praying and working with people and, and teaching them as you go along. Uh, two things that you know you back up on that is they, they're there and available. Like Paul put it, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. So he's glad to do it, and he will do it. So the idea of they, they literally exist in a local church, and this is kind of like an assumption, but 
They, they're men who exist in a local church and they're present there. So the idea of the ministry of presence, the fact that they're amongst the people. Paul put it really succinctly to, uh, to the Ephesian elders and said, you know, shepherd the flock of God among which you serve. So you're not over, you're not under, you're with. And I think being there, being there with people, you can't be an elder in abstention. So great questions, guys. And I know that, you know, we, you know, we rub shoulders a lot. And so you guys see a lot. Um, what I want to do right now, though, is let's talk a little bit about, in the remaining time we have, about aspiring. What does it mean to aspire? And how can you be careful with that so that you don't end up being that person who the elders of your church say, you know, thank you, but no thank you. We don't see that in your life. And I've got just four things, and, and really, they're really basic, and I think that's really good. Uh, the first is this, follow Jesus and be godly. Now, being godly can be a real slippery slope if you tell yourself to be godly, because you're going to have a picture in your mind of what godliness is. Um, godliness is being like God, so you want to really follow Jesus closely, right? Um, deny yourself. Take up your cross, follow Jesus, deny yourself, help others, bless others. So following Christ is first and foremost, and that's really got to be first and foremost on your minds. But I'd say secondly, don't stress out about lists. I've seen a lot of guys go, I could never be an elder because I read it and I just go, there's just no way. Or they read it and go, I'm already disqualified. And you know, we're the first people to disqualify ourselves uh, in the sense of, I don't think I'm, I measure up. And so don't stress out about lists. Don't stress yourself out because that's just, God isn't saying here, by the way, um, check off every one of these things and you'll be an elder in your church, okay? So follow Jesus and be godly. Don't stress out about lists. And then third, and this might be probably the most crucial, your mind and your actions coupled with your prayer life and, and your life in the word matters most. So your, your, your mind, how you're, what kind of things are going on in your mind, the choices you're making on a common, on a daily basis, uh, what your prayer life is like, what, what your life in the word is like, that matters most and that's what God sees. And you know we can all like cover that, right? Uh, I remember once I was reading a book about pastoring and the guy says, uh, the guy that wrote it said, you know, if you just have a, a really good seminary degree, you have some natural gifts and a well-lined bookcase, the pulpit is yours almost anywhere in America today. In the sense that most, you know, pulpit committees don't say, by the way, tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about your time in the Word. Tell me about your relationship with your wife. It's like, oh, can they do this? Can they do that? And it kind of goes to that idea of when it's too much about the person or the gifting. So follow Jesus and be godly. Don't stress yourself out about this. Your mind and your choices and your prayer and life and in the word matters most. And then that last, the number four would just be aspire, but don't over aspire. And that's kind of this thing that you, it's like, you know, like when you're holding a, a, uh, a raw egg in your hand, you have to hold it enough so that it doesn't flip out of your hands, but not hard enough that you crush it. Or if you're holding like a little lizard, a little baby lizard or something, like one of your kids catches a lizard, right? And you're like, okay, be careful, don't squish Lizzie, right? 
Don't kill Lizzie. We killed a few Lizzies in our time, Michael and me, my son and I. Um, but aspire, but don't over-aspire. And the idea would be that if you're not an elder and you really want to be, you keep praying, keep giving that up to the Lord, keep being faithful in the ministry God gave you to be in, and wait till they tap you on the shoulder. If you are an elder, keep praying and being in the Word and loving the Lord and, and pouring yourself out for the flock and be willing to do anything it takes to help and bless the church and protect the church. And don't forget to refute those who contradict sound doctrine. It's easy to go, oh, I want to teach. Uh, part of that is refuting those who contradict. Now, if you're known as the person that just bowls everyone over with refuting, you're not an elder because you're pugnacious. You know, you're would be argumentative. So uh, aspire, but don't over-aspire. Uh, keep that between you and the Lord and, and those you're closest to and wait until you get tapped on the shoulder. Um, Super helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys for jumping in to do this. Does anybody else have any parting shots before we wrap things up today? I was going to say, just, what, like at, at, if, if someone's aspiring, what would be a good area of ministry or service, a place to start? You know, I've heard some people talk about, hey, something as simple as, as cleaning the bathrooms, washing, the, you know, scrubbing the toilets. Those are good places to start in service because it's not a life of making decisions and telling people what to do. It's a life of of getting getting down and and in the in the dirt and and working hard to serve others. You know, what are what are some what are some ministries or, or areas that that could be a starter or you know nothing specific, but just that act in and of itself. That's a good question. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, that doesn't push yourself out in front of the crowd. Uh, anything humble, and I think that is true. Like stack chairs, you know, uh, write notes to people to encourage them. Um, if you, you know, elders need to be able to teach. And so find a, a spot, uh, you know, the Bible says you're, a man's gift makes room for him in the sense that I think you have a desire and you don't have to like beg for opportunities. They, they, they are, when they're there, you take them. And, you know, interesting, a lot of people say, oh, start teaching with kids, let's say. And I would say, I would, you want the best teachers in the church to teach kids, the most godly people in the church to teach kids because kids are the most, uh, sponge-like in their acceptance of what is taught, where with adults they can say, "Hey, that's not that's not true. What you just said, you know. Let's we we need to talk about this." So <clears throat> even if you decide you want to, you 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 want to try teaching, um, I would encourage you to talk to someone who is a teacher in the church and ask them what they think, and and really don't do anything alone. Don't do anything solo. You know, just basically make sure that you're under accountability and someone you know and trust and love kind of points you in the right direction. So, great questions, guys. We're going to close it for now, and uh, Connor's going to sign us off, and I think we might need to do a part two on this at some point. Yeah, I like the sound of a part two. Uh, listeners, that will be coming your way at some point in the next few weeks or months. Uh, we're thankful for you. We love you, and we will talk to you next week on the Ordinary Church Podcast. Have a great day.